0: listening to the MPI Paranormal Podcast, where the truth is to be found. A podcast exploring all things paranormal, hauntings, UFOs, (laughs) crypto, the unknown. Our members believe in the skeptical approach, but with an open mind just trying to make sense of it all.
1: I want to get back in there, try to figure that out, because it is the unknown.
2: I don't really have a say on it right now, because I don't know what the video looks like.
3: I'm looking for the evidence. What's the evidence? A story to me is not really evidence, because that's one person's
4: experience. And I do, I take my personal beliefs into it, but like you said, then I have my skeptical side that wants to prove it another way.
0: Military Paranormal Investigations is not affiliated to any branch of the military. It's time coming to you from North Texas on multiple platforms for maximum reach. Here are your hosts, members of the MPI team.
3: I like that. And welcome to Military Paranormal
4: Investigations Podcast. My name is Rob i uh, mike i'm jeff i'm allison welcome to tonight's show i uh we're doing something a little different here we're getting in rob has been working diligently to get the live feed i'm trying rolling and we're testing this out tonight so if you guys want to comment or uh let us know any changes or any things that you think we might can improve upon to make it better for your viewing pleasure let us know but uh First, I wanted to uh, start out by saying that you can always find us at our website at www.militaryparanormal.com.
2: You can find us on Facebook,
4: Twitter,
1: and Instagram,
4: and all these live platforms that we have. uh,
3: Yeah, we have a lot going out there right now. Right now, um, I believe we have um, YouTube Live that we're streaming on right now, Twitch Live, uh, Mixer, and uh we were trying to get Facebook out there, but it just wouldn't uh connect to it so I think we've got like three or four platforms going on right now and uh, it's it's looking pretty good i I, I like the the studio layout I mean we've got different camera views now if our producer wants to go ahead and give us a little different shots of the different cameras uh, we got uh Mike and um allison and then over here you should be able to see myself and jeff right up here no we're 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 looking at that's our camera right there (laughs) yeah there we go and then back to our main camera so uh it's 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 working out pretty well
4: well and as we kind of said last week on our podcast we uh we're trying to increase the quality of our our content that we send out to you guys. So this is kind of on that. If you're listening to this only on the audio platform, don't forget again, you can find us on all of these platforms and bear with us as we try to make this better for you guys. This is a learning experience for us too. And, and, uh, it's actually a lot of technology. Yeah, it is to, to try to cram into <laughs> our brains. So. And
3: I just forgot we do have a chat. All those different ones that have chats, they go to a live chat. And I'm actually not monitoring that because I totally forgot. But if if you're out there texting and stuff, um, uh, just uh, keep going. I'm, I'm going to find it real quick. And yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll,
4: we'll kind of keep. Yeah. Going. Were you going to say something, Jeff?
3: No i I just
2: wanted to uh, reiterate that we are not affiliated with any branch of the
4: military is correct. And uh, so um, just to kind of start out for tonight, uh, again, we have a lot of things that we're trying to do different this year. We're going to be going, um, we have a lot planned coming up here relatively soon. Uh, we, uh, we're we going camping this next weekend for a little field investigation. Um, we've got maybe the weekend after that, we may have a a little investigation that we're going to do just kind of fun for us to kind of get back into the, into some of the haunted stuff that we like to do. And um, one of the things that I'd like to see increase this year is, is if you guys want to send us comments, send us your stories. I know for Halloween, I really want to lead up to some of that and get some of the listener stories in. Um, if you have a paranormal experience that you want to share, it doesn't matter what genre it's in. Send us a message. You can uh, send us an email at podcast at militaryparanormal.com. And uh, in any of the other social media platforms, you can contact us, direct message us. You can also call us at one nine four zero four three seven four 437 4 I'm not sure, again, what those numbers relate to. But, again, if you have a story you want to share with us or kind of get going with, make sure you contact us. But uh, So uh, other than our stuff we got coming up, what have you guys got? for this year is there anything that you wanted to see
3: I'm going to let you guys talk because I just found out we got no audio going to the live cast we can hear everything but they can't uh. so I'm going to fix that way. you guys uh, you know okay. keep going
4: I'll keep us going there for a minute but um so w- what are you what do you guys have in store for us this year
3: well I uh,
2: I want to get into maybe doing some more going to some more conferences okay I know we had talked about uh, uh, maybe going down to Jefferson this year mm-hmm Um, we talked maybe about the Ozarks. Right. Trip. Not sure if that's going to happen or not. I think
4: the problem with, with, and it's not necessarily a problem, but this year, the, 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 um, Southeast Texas Bigfoot conference, which I've really been looking forward to. That's on Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we all have moms and we all have spouses that, and of course, miss Allison over there, she's got her kiddos here and it's a, Again, it falls on Mother's Day weekend. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, that was always a great conference to go to. We've been to the last two, and that was was really good.
4: Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I want to try to find some more quality paranormal conferences to get to as far as, like, hauntings and that genre of stuff. So. Yeah, so
2: there again, I mean, if you guys have any ideas or know of any good conferences, maybe, you know, within six to so hours of us here, it'd be, uh, let us know.
4: Yeah. And if you, if you are a host of any of those, let us know and we'll make sure we get that information out there on our platforms as well. All righty. Well, you know, so kind of
2: Mike, what are we going to do tonight? I mean, I know we were, well, you know, we're trying to get this going, but what topic are we going to talk about tonight?
4: Well, I thought something, this kind of came up and it came up here recently. We put a couple things on our Facebook page, but, um, more of the flying humanoid and I'm not talking necessarily about the big birds or any of that kind of stuff, Yeah. but uh, the flying humanoid um, there's been kind of a flat that's been occurring up in the Chicago area and it's kind of made a lot of, of local stuff. And then I have a little personal experience I want to kind of share and relate that back to, to some of you guys that I really never really talked about it before because you know, we were talking before the show and I'll be straight up honest with you guys. This is, one of those subjects in the paranormal that I'm guilty of of saying, you know, it's kind of weird for me to say, you know, I believe in ghosts or I believe in UFOs, but you know, flying humanoids, man, that's just a little beyond my comfort level, but it it was. And, and, and I really just wasn't comfortable with it just because I guess maybe the unknown and I never really knew anybody that had an experience, right? It wasn't one of those things that we could talk about, but you know, I think that, I think it's an interesting subject, and I think that there is a lot. There's a lot to it. I don't know what that is, but um, you know, thinking back, you know, and, and flying humanoids have kind of been. I got it working. Okay, <laughs> so Rob has that up on our live platform.
3: Yeah, we're we're, we're finally the audio. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, the audio is finally up and running. There there was one more setting I had to pick on the technical side. The uh, so we'll, we'll fix that. But basically, um, they probably have no clue what we were talking about out there. So if you like, just want to talk about the humanoids, okay. then yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd probably work.
4: <laughs> so I, when I think back about flying humanoids, I think you know they've been around forever. I mean, there's a lot of historical texts that talk about this sort of stuff. But I think the one that really kind of kicked it off in popular culture was the uh, the Mothman of Point Pleasant. And I didn't really want to necessarily get into that too deep because it's been just covered so much. And and I think that it's one of those that, unless you've been under a rock, that's kind of one of those things that a lot of people really know about. But to kind of give a little background on it, if you are one of those people that don't know, um, the, the moth metal Point Pleasant was kind of centered around the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Um, it was in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And it, where it is is it's a bridge that's on... Um, U.S. 235 that crosses over from Ohio into Point Pleasant. I can't even remember the name of that Ohio town, and I know it doesn't ever get any of the, the glory out of it, if you will. But so, <coughs> excuse me. it's about 5 p.m. on December fifteenth, 1967. There were 37 cars on the bridge, 31 of which went into the water when it collapsed. And of that, there were 46 people that died, on the br- that died when they fell into the water. There was nine that were seriously injured and a lot of the controversy was the off of that was a flying humanoid that has was seen in the local area in the particularly in the days leading up to it but it actually went back about 13 months or so ahead of that there was a lot of sightings that that were um that were seen there and basically it was a big man size six foot which is kind of common when you look at most sightings of a now, again, staying away from big birds and that sort of stuff, which even they are about the similar similar size, but about five and a half, six and a half foot tall, somewhere in that range. It's bird-like, kind of has leathery style skin, but one of the common factors is it has has red glowing eyes, and one of the things that I would picked up on is most people that seen it or seen it take off or fly say it made absolutely no sound when it would take off when it flies or anything, so... But the first well-documented story on the Mothman sightings was in 1966. There were some grave diggers that were working in, I think it's Clendon (laughs) in West Virginia. And um, they noticed a a big winged creature that flew into a tree. uh, And then it flew off and flew over their heads. And then about three days later, it started just really picking up and started getting it. The most popular sighting was in there was an abandoned world war ii tnt plant and probably the most popular sighting that's came out of it is there were some teenagers that they would go out there and what it is is it's big it's uh if you've ever seen an ammo dump or anything like that there's just these big structures that are they were basically made to store explosives in so that they blew up it kind of contained that there but they're kind of abandoned and and um Teenagers would go out there and kind of like a lover's lane. They do as teenagers do on Saturday nights or what have you. And they, this this couple of teenagers were out there, and what they said was a massive humanoid, about 10-foot wingspan. It appeared in the sky, and it actually chased them down the road. And they were, they were hauling butt, trying to get away from it, speeding, trying to go, and this thing was keeping up with them, um, which I found interesting because later on when we get into where I'm going with this, they would be, There would be sightings, and then hours later, 60 and 70 miles away, there would be another sighting of the same type of creature. So was it the same one or was it a different one? But I guess where I'm going is it was, I guess, relatively fast. It, it could travel really, really, really fast. That, here, and here's another one. That same evening, a man that lived 90 miles away saw another creature that, that he, he had let his dog out. And the dog took off after the creature, and, of course, it scared the heck out of him. So he went back inside, but his dog was never seen from again. But, again, that was another story. It chased them, and then a couple hours later, 90 miles away, a similar creature w- was was seen. The, the the stories were all over.
3: Is this strictly about the Mothman
4: or, or wing creatures or whatever? The, this is... More about just the kind of the history. You, I know you were kind of getting busy. Just kind of the history of where the humanoid sightings come okay. from. I want to move into the Chicago ones and may, mainly into that area. But kind of just telling everybody a little about the uh, the the Mothman of Point Pleasant. But um did you guys have any? What What do you guys think? Do you have any comments oh. about the Mothman? Well, service?
2: I'm I'm kind of like you. I mean, being a paranormal investigator, I try to have an open mind on a lot of things. This one I'm not really sure on on how I truly feel. Um, my thought is is could it could it have just been something that you know the story spread over over a town? You know, it's like me telling Rob something, telephone game, and then Rob tells Mike, and Mike tells Allison, and all of a sudden, before we know it, it's people see it as. Being real, right? Are
4: are you saying that it was more of a imagination or more like a tulpa type creation?
2: I don't know if it's imagination because I mean, it maybe maybe they truly did see something. Maybe it was a big winged bird that they just happened to see and thought that it was.
4: A lot of the stories come back to say that they're sandhill cranes, which you've ever seen them? They're they can have pretty large wingspan. They they are. But you know, and 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 I'll say this: there's things that miss. Identification is common. I right. think it, it's it's very common. It's overly common, in fact. I think as we kind of get into the Chicago stuff in a minute, I, I don't think it's a sandhill crane, and, and the reason is is there's just too many identifications. There's some pictures that have come out in that, and I'm actually gonna. I know we're gonna test with some of that with live later on, but I'm actually gonna put some of this in our show notes for you guys to see. Um, you know, and you, and you can search. For them, but there, there's some pictures and some artist identifications of them, and I, I don't think it's a sandhill crane. Sandhill cranes are they're skinny, and these these things have been described as being like really skinny, you know, skin and bones type thing. But uh, you know, I'm I'm a pretty avid outdoorsman, and we have a lot of sandhill cranes that migrate migrate through here, and I just don't think that.
2: Well, as far as the bridge incident goes, didn't didn't you say, or did I read? Where they said the the scientists and all of the the uh, mechanical people are saying that it was just a flaw in the bridge. Yeah,
4: the official, you know, the official explanation is is I believe is that it was just a a the the bridge was at the end of its failure. I'd read somewhere that you know, and originally when it was designed, it was made to handle so many cars, and then as time went on, the amount of traffic that went over this was just exponentially greater, and that was the official story. I know you and I had talked offline beforehand, and that, you know, could it have been a plane or something right. like that? And, and you know, most of the reports say that this thing made no sound as it went. And, and it's common across most flying humanoid encounters are these glowing red eyes. So, yeah, I mean, could it have been, you know, 1967, we didn't really have drones. We didn't really, right. Um, you know, not commercially available type stuff like that. There's no telling where things went military wise. But I don't think that. I don't know. I think it would be something that would be a whole lot more. The amount of sightings that came out of it, I think, would be a little hard to justify as something non biological.
2: But but didn't didn't you tell me and when we talked offline that supposedly this Mothman was seen a day or two prior, and it's kind of like an omen.
4: Yeah, that, that's what the kind of the folklore tells is that a lot of people believe that it was more of an omen or a a tale of things to come like maybe like a warning to people that the bridge was going to collapse and that's kind of common across the mothman sightings is that you know when, when you look at it as a whole genre is that people associate the sightings of the mothman with a sign of bad things to come like it's almost warning you and i think that's where popular culture has taken it you know when i try to look back historically on things i don't really I don't really see the connection to that sometimes. Does that make sense? I mean, I get where they're going here is there's this impending disaster that happened. But I I don't see it as, when I look at across the whole spectrum of things, you know, I I don't really see it as, that. to me, I don't see that as a viable option.
2: Well, but I mean, I guess, you know, we're going to get into, I think, in our next podcast about Hawaiian folklore and that kind of stuff. If you look across folklore, type things, it seems always like there is something that if you do something or see something, you know, a pending thing is about to happen. Right. Negatively. Right. I think that's human nature. Yeah, exactly. I think so, too. So, yeah, that was pretty interesting how that all correlates together. You know, I don't know. Could have it been something maybe the government was working on in that area? I don't know. It could possibly be. But how many places other than in this location and you're gonna talk about Chicago here, has some mothman type creature been seen? Do you know? Like a lot. different states? A
4: lot. You know, when I look at like the humanoid sightings in Mexico, they're a little different. They're more human yeah. type shape, like man looking shape. Right. Um, but when you look and and there's actually matter of fact, we were talking about it beforehand. Ken Gerhard wrote a book called Encounters with Flying Humanoids, and he talks about a lot of them. When you look at the Jersey Devil, which is another real famous, probably my most favorite flying humanoid story, Uh, I would really like to investigate the Pine Barrens, but that's a different story, different day. (laughs) They're they're everywhere. Yeah, Uh, you know it's they. Some of the what what I find, and and I'll tell this when when I tell my story here towards the end, but they are. There's very similar attributes to to it, and then some things are really are really different right there's you know when you might go to in Houston they are gargoyles that's the common thing or they call it the Batman you know the bat beast, but they're all relatively similar as far as you know what what is the one that's um my mind is drawing a blank there's another one that small town monsters based it off of it's a story off of but anyway very again very similar attributes it you know it swoops down on dark dusty roads matter of fact i just watched a, a new release that ken and lyle blackburn had done on their youtube channel where they're looking at a creature this is more along the lines of the the big bird type sightings yeah. but they have again it's similar style yeah activity by the creature if that makes sense For sure so you know, I, I don't know. I, I think these are totally, I think that the humanoid encounters are totally different than the Big Bird encounters. Yeah. I, I That's a different day, but I almost kind of want to relate the Big Bird stuff to like a time slip or something along those lines just because, I don't know, I you know, some of the places that the Big Birds have been seen in or it to me it would just be really further fetched than Bigfoot even as far as how could a creature be there and not be seen. Does that right, make sense? right. It's a... So anyway, but where, I, you know, what kind of got my attention coming back to this was right here at the round of the new year, there was a, a whole rash of sightings that came out and I believe it was on Singular 14. I think it's Singular 14 Phantoms and Monsters and the, and I've got a note here, what is the name of it? The UFO, uh, UFO Clearinghouse. Those guys kind of all kind of put together and they have a map of what's happening in Chicago. For me, Chicago's really, really different. There are some that the investigators have said this is more than likely definitely a hoax, and they kind of are easily picked apart because some of the things that happen there, um, to kind of start off with it, is it's, it's almost supernatural, if that makes makes any sense. People say they get a feeling of pure evil or dread. I'm only going to talk about a few stories because the information from what's been happening in the Chicago area is, it's the Lake Michigan. It's, there's some people call it the Lake Michigan monster. Some people call it this, you know, Chicago Mothman. Yeah. But the amount of stories that are coming out of Chicago, Phantoms and Monsters, Lon Strickler has done an excellent job of documenting all of these stories. And you can go to their website and I mean every story that has been reported to one of these organizations is on there. And and all of these sites are that way. But and it, it will it'll give you a brief synopsis of what what transpired with the person telling the story in their words. People submit the story to them. There's actually even a couple of pictures on there. What I found funny about one of the pictures, and uh, it's extremely eerie to a couple of big bird pictures that have been taken. So it, it was a... It was a little different, but.
2: So did did uh, these cases in Chicago? When did they actually? I mean, start ramping up?
4: They from what? From, from what a, I understand, twenty seventeen year. The first kind of sighting that's been seen, it was I think in nineteen sixty nine, and there was reports and they kind of go, and it'll skip a couple of years for in the early time, yeah. and then it'll kind of go up, and then. It really picks up in 2017. I want to say there was like 44 sightings in 2017. And then 2019 had just about as many. There was only like a handful of sightings in 2018. And what's kind of odd, if you go to the website uh, there at one of those sites, and I'll put a link in the show notes, for. there's an interactive map and you can click on each of the locations. But if you scroll, you know how when you scroll in and out of a map, you can, it kind of changes the points? Yeah. It's almost like there is a pattern of, Flight, so like there's like a central area kind of on the coast of 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 the lake and then there's like these little couple of little shoots that kind of come out off of it It, it's it's kind of creepy when you when you really kind of dive into it i'm one of the first stories i'm going to tell and i'm just going to kind of read this from the this is uh, a excerpt that i took from phantoms and monsters again there was 99 reports i think on there that have happened since 1969 uh, like I said, I think forty-four of them were in twenty seventeen. If that kind of gives a bigger picture of things, but this was submitted by a police officer. He wished to remain anonymous, and just for fear of kind of you know, ridicule that sort of stuff from Chicago. From Chicago, and uh, th- this was submitted. His his it was submitted a little later, but the actual activity occurred on June twenty ninth of twenty seventeen. He says, "On the night of June 27, 29, 2017, approximately 11:15 p.m., my partner and I were on routine patrol, approaching the intersection of West 81st and South Throop in the Auburn-Gresham neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois. We were flagged down by a group of people who were pointing up to the top of an apartment building that was on the corner. My partner and, my partner and I look up to see a large creature that was approximately six to six and a half feet tall. was very thin." If it had been human, it would have been emaciated. The thing was standing on top of the building in what had looked like a pair of very large wings that extended out at least 8 to 10 feet from tip to tip. No discernible features. It just looked like a dark black shadow with wings. My partner and I both thought it was somebody trying to jump from the building and maybe wearing a costume of some kind. We both shined our flashlights to try to get a better look at it, and what we were dealing with, this thing took off into the air and flew away. As the creature flew away, headed in a southern direction, something sounding like a scream came from it, and within the matter of about five seconds, this creature was gone into the night. The people who initially flagged us down had said that many people in the neighborhood had seen this thing for the previous two nights, and this just happened to be the only time that it was seen in a stationary place. That was one of the other things. Although it flies silently, a lot of people have said that it lets off this eerie, evil scream sound. I included another couple stories in here, but so on another one is on Sunday, August 27th, 2017, there was a retired police officer. Again, I kind of put the police officer things in there again, because sometimes they're trained observers, not saying that everything that they see couldn't be a, you know, a work of an um, overactive imagination in the height of a, you know, an adrenaline rush or something like that, but they're trained observers. They're trained to try to get through some of that to report what they're seeing. But he had stopped walking and was about 50 feet or so away from what he described was a dark gargoyle that was looking directly at him. The dog, a standard poodle, was restless and began to bark. The being stood up and made a growling-like sound, very guttural and menacing. The witness noticed that the eyes were small but had a distinct reddish glow. The being had the body shape similar to that of a human man, but was gaunt and had a dark gray and was dark gray in color. There were large wings folded outward from its back, very similar to the typical image of a gargoyle, but much larger. The height was around six feet or so. The head was somewhat conical and small compared to the rest of the body. It had long arms with claw-like hands that swayed back and forth in front of the being. After watching for about ten to fifteen seconds, excuse <coughs> me. He also had to maintain control of the dog which was barking and pulling on the lead. The wings snapped back from the back of the being and spread out to a full span. The wings were very distinct with a dark membrane covering. He estimated the span was about 15 feet and extended high above the being. When the being's wings dropped to its side and it quickly propelled itself into the air, heading south in the direction of the metro station, it made no sound as it ascended. That's, again... Just another similar story as to kind of what's going on there, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna tell one last one. It says a man sees a seven foot tall person with wings while standing outside a cargo deck at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. Now this one I included because this was one of the very um, there's actually there were three sightings: one on November 26, 2019, November or December 3rd, 2019, and then December 6th, 2019. And I want to kind of talk about these because, you know, if we're out gathering evidence as, as an investigator, what is one of the things that we do? You know, you may call the person and talk to them. And then I call the person and talk right. to them. When we're there, we're talking to them. And we're trying to verify that information. Is the story the same? Right. Is it? Is it changing? Is it somebody constructing in their mind as they're telling us the sure. story? Sure. But what, what I found interesting about these is I just kind of listen how the stories, how similar the description of the being is that, that happened here. And what another one that was real interesting is all three of these were centered around the Chicago O'Hare International Airport. The, the wording from the first one on November 26th was, I was at an airport, at the airport picking up a load. At Nippon Cargo Airlines, I was already backed into a dock and was standing away from the truck smoking a cigarette while they loaded my truck. I was looking towards the runways in the direction of the tunnel, and that is when I noticed something that looked like a large bird standing just outside of the fence by the parking lot. It was hard not to miss because two street lamps were nearby. It looked like a person with wings that were stretched out and flapping. It was walking away from the fence towards the open field and began to flap its wings and disappeared. On December 3rd, a security person at O'Hare International Airport writes, I'm reluctantly writing, writing you to report that something I saw a week ago Tuesday. This Now keep in mind, December 3rd, a week ago, was about the same time as the sighting on November 26th. Part of my job is to routinely patrol the fence line that surrounds O'Hare International Airport. I sometimes have a partner with me, mostly new hires who are going through initial training. On the night of Tuesday, December 3rd, I was heading towards one of the airport cargo hubs. There are multiple hubs scattered throughout the airport. This particular one was one located in the Express Center Drive, and it housed at least six cargo companies. I was approaching the creek headed towards Montrose when I saw a large person standing down in the creek bed. I stopped, thinking maybe it was a trucker who decided to wander down there to relieve himself. I put on my lights and stopped my vehicle and was prepared to get out when this man turned towards me and I saw two very bright red eyes. This thing appeared to be looking straight at me and then it turned away and walked away. As it did, it unfurled a set of wings and began to flap them. Same as the previous story. It looked like a large goose when it wants to take off in the air. It took off into the air and was gone into the darkness. I was there left wondering what in the hell had just happened and what I had just seen. After I got home, I spent the next few days looking for, something, looking for similar sightings, and that is where I came across your website. I'm going to be blunt here. I don't believe in hobgoblins and little green men. I'm sure that there must have been a rational explanation for this. I have a reputation for being grounded and level-headed, and I have worked too hard to get where I am to have all that trash by saying I saw a red-eyed flying man, yet that is what I saw. I am torn between reporting this and keeping my mouth shut to protect my retirement. If I do report this, I want everything to be done to protect my identity.
2: Okay.
4: And then the last story is a man sees red-eyed winged humanoid while driving near Chicago's O'Hare Airport. The witness who agreed to the use of his first name, Daniel, said that he works in cargo for an airline in the airport. Again, near the cargo section, which is where the other two were. And had left work early that night to go meet friends. I was the last one to get out of work, he said. I normally work until 11, but we got done a little earlier than expected, around 10.15 or 10.20 is when I left. I was driving down West Higgins, and I was headed to the bar to meet up with one of my friends from work. To my left is a large patch of grass where I saw it. It was dark, and there's a building with a certain amount of light uh, near the siding area. I was able to take a glimpse at it while I was driving, Daniel continued. I saw headlights coming toward me as well. I'm always looking at that side because there's deer there. I'm always eager to look there to see them. I can tell the difference between a deer and what I saw. What I saw was not a deer. According to Daniel, the creature he saw matched exactly what was described by the witness on November twenty-second, 26th, who said he had seen a seven-foot-tall person with wings near the loading dock for Nip and Cargo Airlines. Except, said Daniel, the thing he saw had red eyes. He said he was able to estimate the creature's height by comparing it to a nearby fence. Also present was the feeling of evil described by previous witnesses. Daniel said he was ready to dismiss his sighting until he found an article online describing the other man's experience. That That was really weird because honestly, I thought I was going crazy at first. I said to myself, no, that can't be. I don't think I saw that. After that, once I saw the article the day after my sighting, I thought, okay, I must not be going crazy because nipping is not far from where my sighting took place. That was the craziest part. I kind of freaked out. I saw that something wasn't right. I saw it in the same way that the other gentleman saw it. It felt really evil. It had those red eyes. How could any creature have those? I thought I was going crazy, man. I thought I was going crazy until I read the article. I must not be the only one who's seeing this stuff. Maybe it was just the fear I felt, but honestly, it didn't feel good at all. It's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. It says on here that Lon Strickler, who uh, spoke to the witness, found his testimony to be credible matching what was told to the guy there at um, Singular 14. So if you go in, and I have read dozens and dozens of these. I will say I haven't read every one of them, but it's all similar. I mean, it's all and, – and I don't know – so, you you know, you and I were talking earlier, almost kind of like the Slender Man thing, you know, yeah. once the story gets passed and the story right. gets pressed, then you have the... But some of this was before the internet, you know what sure, I mean? sure. So, is it a story that I don't think that... I don't... Is it a story that people have expanded upon and have been just continually exaggerating so that they... You know what I mean? It, it just
2: well, I put it to like uh,
4: it's it's like Bigfoot sightings. You
2: know, the creatures are all you know six to nine feet tall. You know, they all have the same kind of makeup. You know, is it is it truly something that everyone's seeing, or is it just they hear the way that the creature looks, and that's how they see it as well?
4: Right. Um, and here in just a second, I'm going to get to my story, and I will.
2: And, I mean, I will say this. I'm not going to discredit anyone and say what they saw they didn't see because that's not the way I am. But I would just, you know, the question I would have is if a creature's that big in Chicago, where in the world would that creature live?
4: In the edge of the airport eating the deer. Wow. I mean, you know what I mean? That's This guy says yeah. he sees the deer um it's right on the lake i mean you got to think of how big chicago is i'm sure there's buildings rooftops
2: i guess back to your whole internet thing you were talking about you know in 1967 we didn't have any of that right you know um so people telling that kind of story
4: i would think a little differently well and, and here's the thing some of this came out of the news if you go on the internet you can google news reports and things like that but this up until a few years ago this really wasn't even like right now you can go to phantoms and monsters or singular 14 or ufo Clearinghouse, and you can see these stories in one spot but a few years back none of that was you couldn't do that i mean i'm even since the internet it really wasn't being tracked until somebody started taking note of these news reports and things and started Giving a place for people to make the
2: well, and if you think about it, that's right at the fifty-year mark of when that sixty-seven thing happened. Mm-hmm. So, is there some tie into that? And you know, I mean, you hear a lot of a lot of times when something happens, there's always copycat type stuff that right. happens. So, if maybe
4: when the first sighting was two years after the Silverbridge collapse in sixty-nine, yeah. so.
2: You know i mean even like in the 2017 to right. 2019 stuff now you know could it be someone actually saw something and then now there's a copycat person who's made a suit or or what or, i like or, you
4: is know. if you go to the singular 14 site they have these little code identifiers on it and it'll tell you which one they think is a possible hoax or whatever right. based off of stories and different types of factors and in their investigation that they've done yeah the I don't know, you know, I'm going to say in 2017, other than reading books, I mean, because I've read books like, you know, Ken's book here and I've read stories, but it wasn't anything that I was ever interested in. Yeah. I didn't really follow it. I didn't really, I didn't know much about it because again, to me, that idea was far fetched and that's, that's bad on me because again, I shouldn't discount Right. Based off of experiences I've had, I shouldn't discount what anybody has to right. say. But it just wasn't one of those things that seemed plausible to me. So I just didn't track down that path, if that makes sense. I, I, I don't, when I, after the thing that I'm going to say in a minute, I I started reading about some of this stuff. And I'll, I'll be honest, I re- some of these stories that I read, I almost get like a panic attack reading this stuff yeah. because I'm like, man, this is, this is too weird, too in too, it can't be a coincidence that yeah. I mean the sightings are almost identical and they in it, it I, again, could it be something like, you know, Slender Man, we we talked about that, but you know, it was a, a construct of someone's imagination right. that with the internet and some people, some researchers say that the Slender Man really wasn't real until it was, until it hit the internet, and it's almost like a tulpa yeah, that kind of was created from the thought form that was created from the millions of people on the internet that right. put it together. Well, you get a city like Chicago, and and like this, you know, I just read two police officers' reports of and a security guard that talked about that these were going on, and I can't, these guys. I mean, we know how the paranormal yeah. works. I mean, you lose your job if you get too weird. You know right. what I mean? You, you keep that stuff right. under your belt. So for them to come forward and say, I saw this, and I don't know. It's just it, it's too much of a...
2: Well, let me throw this out to you guys. Uh, going back to uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, there was accounts in 66 if i remember correctly i think that you had said there was mm-hmm. a couple accounts was there anything before that had anyone ever made comment of any and why i'm throwing that out there is is why all of a sudden did this creature come to but, that
3: area well, well, it's, it hasn't been all of a sudden i mean it's just now that the sightings have happened at that spot right right, right. but but what i'm getting at though is
2: is prior to 66 was there any reports did anyone say that they had seen this wing creature before that
4: yes but I, I i will tell you i don't have the specifics I, I should have had that in a in a prepared deal but the the sightings of these creatures have been going back since biblical times okay um so yeah and that's what that's one of the things i thought of in 66 and 67 it was in Point Pleasant, West virginia and then in 69 it shows up over here in lake michigan but also you know in certain years and and i wish i had this like tracked out but i wonder if like in the year like say 2018 when it was less active in chicago was right. it more active in houston or right was it sure more another active? location yeah. and, and, and so i see where you're going with that but yes i think there has been sightings and that was one of the things that I thought of, you know, you have like phantoms and monsters that's tracking these at at in Chicago, but is there a we you know, we need almost a website like the BFRO yeah, right. that's tracking them nation or world sure, worldwide so sure. that you can kind of maybe find a pattern in these, maybe it is some sort of Right. creature whether it be evil or thought form or Yeah. some sort of cryptid or Something, maybe, maybe there is something that, right? it you know, but that's what it would take. Is it would take what what message. about
2: tying it to have you heard or read anything on it being alien related?
4: Okay, so the one website, UFO Clearinghouse, a lot of people report their sightings to MUFON, uh huh, to the UFO sites. And things like that. So yes, there is a tie in okay. to it to it being along those lines. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't get I was I read more about the sightings in and, and those sorts of things. I really didn't go down the path as far as are there researchers that think it's an actual alien being. Right. Most people consider this to be some sort of cryptid. Yeah. But there is that evil overtone that kind of keeps coming out. Now What I'm going to say in the next little portion does have the evil overtone to it. Okay. And it may even have some sort of alien overtone to it as well, too. maybe. So, So, but what about you, Rob? What do you think about the Chicago stuff?
1: I think that's great.
4: That's Rob being in... (laughs) hi
3: rob thanks for joining us
1: tonight rob well
3: i'm kind of listening well to, i'm letting y'all go ahead and and talk a lot but uh one of our um commenters was saying that kind of sounded like we were like offset like we had a, a centralized mic in here and so i've been chatting with him back and forth so i couldn't understand what was going on um but um, i found out that we were using the mic to Alive was my mic from my computer? <laughs> I wasn't oh. using these mics right here. So now I'm trying to see how it actually okay,
4: well, sounds. Okay. I'll give okay. you a hall pass then,
1: since yeah, you okay, had okay. It, okay. Allison. What is your thing. What is your
2: take on uh, the Mothman?
1: Tonight is very educational for me. I've believe it or not, I've never heard of it,
4: and, and I, I kind of. I kind of thought that, I know you've been a whole lot more into the haunting stuff. Yes. And I know that the cryptid stuff is a little out there. And I, I figured this one would be a little out there. But what, what do you think about it? You Sitting here listening to it. Do you have an opinion?
1: Ooh, do I have an opinion?
4: Do you think it's something that's plausible?
1: I think anything is, yes. I think that there's a lot of things out there that we don't know about. Do I think that we're the only ones on humans on the earth? Uh, no. I would like to see one and then I can say, oh, absolutely.
4: Well, do you have any comments before I move into this? I'm going to tie that in, Allison, not to cut you off. Do you have anything else on it? While
2: N- I'm- no, no. I'll uh, I'll probably feed in off of yours at the end because okay. I know your story. So
4: Okay. So I'm going to tell a story. I've never told this to anyone other than Jeff and my wife because I think it was just too far out there. And a matter of fact, I almost, I think I told you, Jeff, I almost emailed Ken Gerhardt just yeah. to report my sighting yeah. because that's the only person that I had ever really read that had anything to do with anything flying. Right. Although, again, most of his more are that he does, I think, and he does kind of everything in his, his this one book, The Encounters of Flying Humanoids. He talks about them all, but it was that, you know, I had read more of his Big Bird stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? Those those types of sightings and things, interviews that he had done. But 2017 was a really, really busy year for me. You know, I left in March. I didn't get back till January of 2018. I, I was kind of gone all over the place, and for those of y'all that don't know, I'm a catastrophe insurance adjuster, and then I kind of travel where the storms was. 2017 was East Tennessee, kind of got pummeled pretty badly. And then, of course, we had you know the hurricane, Hurricane Harvey that hit, and I worked down in Corpus for a while, and then I went up to Houston and worked in that area for a while. And I moved up to Houston towards the end of the year, and this was, and I forgot that note, but it was around – my birthday it was around the end of October and I had just moved to Houston and I was staying I, I stay in an RV and I was staying in an RV park and kind of on the south side of Houston and right outside of Houston in League City and where I was at there was it was a, it was a very very busy I mean if you've ever been to Houston it's some people related to being worse than driving in LA it's, it's a massive just place but where I was at it was, it was kind of quiet it's it's I was kind of on the east side of League City kind of almost to the water um, from from where I was at and one night I had gone out I, I usually stay up late till about 11 or 12 um, and writing my stuff and I had gone outside and was just kind of chilling out for a minute before I went to bed and I'm sitting out there I think I was actually texting Jeff you were, and as I'm sitting there talking, I mean, there's nothing. I had, I had, had no recent. It's not like I was reading books on this at the time, or had been listening to stories on this at the time. It had just been a very a, a uneventful day. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Jeff about coming out. We were going to go do the Ghost Road Lights, if I remember correctly. That's correct. And I, and because that's that was in the area. So that's what I was kind of into at the time was the ghost road stuff and I was there was a haunted location over um in Port Arthur. <laughs> I forgot Lane was out there and I saw him move through the crack and I'm like, "Whoa." <laughs> anyway, but um as I'm sitting out there, I just happened to look up and I remember it was it's kind of an overcast night but if you've ever been especially in a big city you, I mean the clouds were kind of high but it was overcast but again it was very populated and I could see because the city lights I'm sure yeah, were I mean, the clouds. I, yeah right? and then the yeah. RV park had lights and I could kind of see and running right beside the RV park that I was in were high lines and, and they crossed the highway almost directly behind my trailer as I looked up what I saw was this bat-like object. And I watched it and it went and it was underneath the high lines. And it went in between. So like on my side was a was a tower mm-hmm. with the high lines. And the other side was a tower kind of at an angle. And I watched this thing and it went underneath the high wires in between those poles. So at the time I wasn't really thinking about it. But I could tell that this was big. It wasn't like it was, you know, a bird that I was misidentifying. Cause matter of fact, I, I kind of looked up and I thought I, I thought it was almost a flock of birds. And then as I watched it and it moved and the light from the intersection where they had the street lights was it was low enough, it was just right above the street lights, but the way they were, it was kind of bouncing off the bottom of this. And what I what I could tell was it was like this gray vampire bat style wing, almost kind of scalloped on the trailing edge. Now, I didn't really see a body, but what I saw was the wing, the wings kind of folded out in like a delta shape, if you will. And, and it was kind of scalloped on the back edge. And I could, what I could make out was that the back edge of it was flapping in the wind as it flew. Now, that's really all I really remember of it. And I remember just thinking, what in the hell was that? And so that's when I kind of messaged Jeff, and I'm like, "Dude, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm overstressed. I think that's yeah. actually what I yeah, said to did. you." Yeah, you did. And then I thought I was even sending things, and I went and got out my EDI, and I was measuring EMF, which, and I will say, it was high. Yeah. I was getting about eight to ten milligauss consistently in right. my area of the park, which is can induce hallucinations, sure. can do these things. So I kind of. I remember I kind of tossed and turned that night thinking, what the heck was that? I mean, really, what was that? And then I thought the next day I got up and I was – I think I was talking to you throughout the day and I went and did some claims and I was coming back, and that's when it no- dawned on me. I said, well, I think I'm going to email Ken yeah. and kind of see what's going on. But I said, man, as an investigator, I, I just don't think <laughs> I want to dump that on somebody because I don't want to lose credibility. Sure, I mean, I, that's what I – and that's why I ultimately never sent it to him. Yeah. But and he's like, as I said, he was the only person I knew that investigated and tracked some of that stuff that I had heard of. That I, at the time, I, you know, I'd heard of Lon Strickler doing the crypto stuff, but I really just never got down that path. So I guess it was a couple of nights later, I just got the wild hair and I went on and I started Googling, you know, Houston, um, Big birds, I think, is what I started with because that's what in my brain was, was was relating it to. And lo and behold, I stumbled on a gold mine of stuff that kind of maybe changed my perspective on this whole thing. So there is sightings in Houston of what they call the Houston, the Bat Beast, the Batman. Man, yeah. um, the, there's a moth. They call it Mothman, and it kind of goes down towards Corpus and back up to the Houston area. But one of the things that I found really interesting, and I'm not going to go down that path because we could do an entire episode on Jack Parsons, but this is where it gets a little weird. But So if you don't know who Jack Parsons is, he was the founder of JPL, and which is the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He is the person that developed the solid state fuel that we end up ultimately sending our rockets to the moon with. Um, very instrumental in helping NASA get to that point. Again, it's there's a whole lot to about Jack Parsons. But the thing that's funny is the story of the Houston gargoyle, as I'm going to call it, the NASA gargoyle, um, kind of relates back to Jack Parsons. So there's a story out there, there's some myths out there that Actually the 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 truth of the story is is Jack Parsons was really involved in the occult. He and like Alistair Crawley were like good friends. They talked back and forth. He was actually also friends with L. Ron Hubbard. And matter of fact, they had a they were into like sex magic and dark magic and all that kind of stuff. And Alistair Crawley ran off with Jack's girlfriend fiance. And anyway, it was they that's some really weird stuff. It's kind of weird that the founder of JPL was into some of that stuff. He ended up ultimately blowing himself up in his basement, developing something. But the story is, is so it was well known that Jack Parsons, Alistair Crawley, L. Ron Hubbard, they would do these incantations to try to open, open portals, to try to influence things by astral projection and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So the story is, is that they created portals that opened up that allowed these beasts to come through, and so one of the stories that I want to uh, I want to talk about, and I got this one from is actually the story was on a Anom- anomaly which I'm not super huge of that site, but I thought this story was pretty good. It's actually on a bunch of different sites, but it was worded good. But this is uh, this story involves NASA archivist Frank Straw, and what? Shaw and what happened on a windy night in 1986. Shaw had an uneventful day of work, and when his shift ended, he headed for his car. Shaw said that as he neared his vehicle, he happened to glance up at one of the massive buildings at the JSC, which is at the NASA complex there. What he saw was unlike anything he had ever seen and something he wished he never had. It was perched on top of the building and instantly filled Shaw with terror. He described a bizarre creature, a large jet black nightmare, with huge bat-like wings, reminding him of a gargoyle. He froze in place as a winged beast stared straight at him. Shaw felt that the gargoyle-like creatures actually enjoyed the panic that he was experiencing. The gargoyle then spread its wings, and with a crackling sound, flew off into the Houston night. Shaw eventually managed to calm himself enough that he could begin his drive home. His family noticed that he was later than usual, but thought he probably had to work late, which was not uncommon. When he finally arrived home, it was obvious that something was terribly wrong. He was an honest and serious man, but the story he had to tell was not just believable. His family felt that he must have misinterpreted what he had seen. What all could, what all could agree on was that he should not tell anyone about his sighting at the Houston Gargoyle. Frank Shaw kept his word and said nothing about what he had seen for a while, but eventually he decided that he could confide in his friend and supervisor and told him what he had seen. The response that Shaw received was a total surprise. Shaw's supervisor informed him that he was not the first one to report the strange gargoyle creature. In fact, a file had already been opened dealing with the bizarre creature following a sighting of the gargoyle and the death of two German shepherds at the JSC. Shaw was relieved to know he had not imagined the whole event, but was soon visited by investigators and interrogated about what he had seen. Shaw told them... Everything he could remember about the gargoyle encounter and investigators seemed to be satisfied. Before leaving, however, the investigators gave Shaw a stern warning to keep quiet about the incident. Shaw kept his word and never again talked about the night he saw the Houston gargoyle. Now, where I'm going with this story is there's multiple sightings supposedly reported at NASA complex there of this Houston gargoyle. My RV park that I was in was about two miles from the Houston Space Center. Interesting. It was... The, so there was a big drainage ditch that kind of ran through. And that drainage ditch, and the way it comes through, it kind of came off the end of the Space Center and it runs through. And then where my RV park was was right at a bridge where railroad tracks went that went up towards the Space Center. And then out that path, the train tracks went straight over to the coast, and that little inlet in that drainage area went out into the water. The path... You know, you can go just make that bigger. You know, make that full screen for us. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> go ahead with your story. No, that's good.
4: The path that this thing was taking was from the space center to the water that I, that I saw. Did I see a... I, I've got two, two places to take this. Did I see a humanoid creature or did i see some sort of black ops project that they're developing it the space program that some sort of you're talking about the new space program that's coming out right now the space force no no i'm talking just in general did i see a gargoyle from the houston space center or did i see maybe some sort of technology that they were using and they were flying out to the coast to test this thing or something
2: so you what you saw you you said it was wing like is that all you could see i mean did you see any
4: it was like a I no, i didn't see red glowing eyes i didn't see what? What kind of wing was it? Was it like a square wing or a bat wing? What I remember was a bat wing. Matter of fact, there is an image that I'm going to put in the notes of a bat-like creature. And it almost kind of looked – you know how some of like the vampire movies will have this skeletal-looking wing and it's kind of leathery and it's kind of flappy and it's scalloped on the back edge between like the ribs that Mm -hmm. hold? That's what I kind of remember seeing. It was kind of a grayish – darker color but again it was dark right and what i'm seeing is the light reflecting off of it it was close enough that i could say sitting back now and i went out multiple nights i've got a couple of cameras and range finders and i and i don't have those that information at at this point here but i went out and was looking up at those deals and what i could estimate is that the wings what the heck man
3: come on now you go ahead and restore I'm I'm trying to watch the fight over here too.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the wings were probably 10 to 15 feet wide wingspan. is probably because of where it flew in the, again, it was under the wires on top of the towers, the, the struts that hold the power lines, the high lines up. But it was, so it was above the ground, under the, the lines, and it flew in between two. So as I'm watching it go, and I'm watching across the street, there's a car, and I can kind of see, and I can tell you that it was like this wide, it was probably 10 to 15 feet wide in the air as it went across.
2: Okay, so how high up in the air would you say that would be?
4: Those towers, if I am if I remember, and I've got notes somewhere, those towers, I want to say were about 150 or 200 feet tall. Okay. So it was up and it was two thirds of the way down. And the first tower was literally directly behind my I got I got some pictures somewhere. So directly behind my trailer, within thirty yards of my trailer. The other tower was on the other side of the highway. So yeah. four lanes wide. Now when you saw it flying, was it flapping or just gliding? It was or? like gliding, wings out, but the trailing edge, because I didn't hear any noise, but I could. it was close enough that I could kind of see the trailing edge of it flapping in the wind as it was going. It reminded me of like a kite or right, something. Right, that's what I was about to ask. That was going, but it, it's 11.30 at night, 10.30, 11.
3: Was 11. it floating straight up or going nope, sideways? Going straight,
4: and it flew underneath the high lines, across the highway, straight out. And, and you never the saw it go up or down with the arms, okay. or you just saw it like in a V formation? Yeah, so— Picture this, if you will. If I stand and I'm looking in a direction, my trailer was right in front of me. I'm standing at the front of my trailer. So off to my left is where kind of the left is my trailer. Behind that was the high lines. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to my right at an angle away from me, and there's, there's lights. So I can't see much. And then all of a sudden out of this light comes this thing. And that's when I first thought it was like a flock of geese or something. And then, as it kind of got away from the light, and I could see what it was, and I mean, up above me, it wasn't a hundred feet in the air. Does that make, I mean, it was, hundred maybe hundred and fifty feet in the air. I want to say the towers were two hundred foot tall, because they, they went over, and there was a high bridge right there, and I want to say they were that like they were the big struts at like a big T, and they got two peaks on the top, yeah. and okay. so it was like maybe hundred fifty feet in the air, and as it went over, and it got, out of the, it got out of the light that was blinding me. Now the light's reflecting off the bottom of this. I could see it. And as it's flying away, it's starting to go out of my view in the trailer. So I walk in front of the trailer and over behind the trailer. There's no other trailers because when I'm in an RV park. There's no other ones behind me. And I'll follow as I'm looking up. I'm watching it walk to go away from me. It flew over and it's
2: gone so the next went day, out of
4: went out of my side that the light quit reflecting off of it and it went you know because it got over
2: so the next day when you got up did you watch the news or or i
4: did i went and i looked at actually at the time i was looking on mufon okay because that was was what i right that's what i knew right so i was looking on mufon to see if there was any other sightings there were some similar sightings of an object in the sky, and, and I've got the date. And Matter of fact, I'll see if I can get some of that and put it on. Arre-
2: I mean, Good. in that area where yes. you were at?
4: Yeah, it, 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 in the Houston proper area. Actually, I think the next one was so you have the Space Center, and you have League City, and the Space Center, I forget, and there's like another little town that's, you know, Houston, you're, you're driving, and each exit's its own little subdivision, neighborhood, yeah. town. Right. So. There's another little town. And that's where another sighting that it was a sighting of something large in the air, flying no lights, whatever, like that. So that that was there, but that's that's all I really that's all I really saw. Again, it's kind of late and it was overcast. I think it was about to rain.
2: Okay. So you being the skeptic that I am, I'm just gonna ask questions. You already said that you high levels of EMF was there mm-hmm. well, due to the, around power the towers, towers. Right.
4: Yeah. And that's what I attributed it to. Straight um
2: up. what time what time of the night was this so would you be probably worked a full day and are pretty oh, tired yeah yeah,
4: yeah. so it's stressed. it's I want to say it was 11 like 11 20 11 22 something like that is when I actually remembered to go and I think I was I think if I was either texting you or I was texting Jamie. And I remember going back and looking at a text message, and I think that was like the time that I came up with. Yeah,
2: I remember. I remember you telling me about it because when, if, if you know anything about Mike, when he writes a text to you, it's a book normally.
3: Not, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. Okay. But
2: anyways, <laughs> so you, so you could have been tired. You probably were tired. Cause oh, I know, I know you tired. work. You work a lot of Any
4: hours. Medication? And I know where you're going with this from an investigator standpoint. Right,
2: right. And I'm, you know, I'm just trying to think. You know, maybe it was something from the government side of it. You know, maybe some kind of test aircraft cool. or, or something. Well, but they don't
4: really but, have like, yeah, but they don't test not, it. Yeah, out it's there. not like a landing. Yeah. It's not like they have airstrips. No, and, exactly. You know what I mean? It, it's so. But they do have research and they have right and you wouldn't it, need you it if you had it. a drone. Right, exactly. Know. If you had some way but of
2: landing it, you wouldn't need a
4: zero noise because I remember being able to hear because there would be this time of night on this little road. It was massive subdivisions all around me, but it would get really quiet at dark, you know, at that yeah. time of night and there'd just be a car or two going by every now and then. But I remember being able to hear the wind. And I don't, when it was flapping, I couldn't really hear that, but I can, I remember it was close enough that I could see the trailing edge of it flapping in the wind. But I don't, what I don't remember, the wing shape was shaped very similar to a picture that again, I'll share, but I don't remember seeing like a body, but at that distance, I mean, could I have necessarily seen it at that distance in lighting, you know what I mean? If it was daytime and I saw it silhouetted, could I have seen it? Maybe. But I will straight up full disclosure, what I attributed to was fatigue and EMF. Yeah. Any medication? Not like nothing like no. I mean, I take blood pressure medicine, you know what I, mean, what I mean? Yeah. However, I just found it odd that what I see, that gray flapping, leathery style skin is what I'm thinking, is what I was what sticks out. And then I go read, and guess what? There's other sightings yeah. of the same thing in the same area. There's the Houston Gargoyle, multiple sightings, less than two miles from me.
2: Had uh, Let me ask you this. Had you done any kind of reading or research on anything like this prior to this?
4: No. Nope. Matter of fact, this book that I got of Ken's, I got after when okay. you and I went Yeah. And I bought that because of that sighting.
3: Sure. Sure.
4: And I had you know, I had seen the stuff. And I knew that like I said, I knew Ken had done that because I mostly I what I I had gotten in real big into chupacabra here a while back and that's what I remember because Ken was real big in debunking a lot of that and and looking into that. But I knew that he was into that. That's why I was gonna well, I'll send him an email and see what he thinks sure and i and i still thought maybe i should because maybe he has other stories that it's not on those websites or something you know what i mean yeah i mean maybe
2: if you go to a conference and you see him bring the story up to him
4: yeah i don't know it's weird it changed my perspective as far as just discounting it although i'll straight up say i'm not saying that i saw mothman yeah but with my experience and then i read this stuff in chicago that's happening Bam, 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 bam. I'm like, it gives me chills. I mean, it literally, I'm like, man, daggum. This is, it, I don't know. There's something to it. And so it,
1: since that day, you've never seen anything like that before?
4: Since, you mean? or You since. mean again? No.
1: Yeah. I haven't. Was... Yeah. Interesting. Uh-huh.
4: And, I, and I, again, I would, I never took interest. Matter of fact, most of my books are up here in this bookshelf. And if you look I don't have very many flying humanoids, and every one of them were the ones after.
3: It, I think it's the wings that are getting me. Yeah. Because you're saying that you didn't hear anything. So There's a picture, and I'll show so no you. So no propulsion, and then the wings weren't flapping because anything it, it that was flies— It was like gliding like a
4: bird. You know how a bird long.
3: Will. In a straight line? Gliding, they would have to be coming down an angle a little bit. If they're going straight across, they got to have some sort of
4: propulsion.
1: And there was no wind? There there was was some light wind.
4: Like I said, I think it was going to rain. There was some light wind. I want to say it was kind of misty. See how? That's not it.
3: That's
4: that's the only thing that gets me. The only thing that I've seen, and
3: I'm... As far as winged, and when you were talking about the leather, the only thing that came up to my mind was Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. creepers. That's, that's the what only I was thing thinking that came too. up to my mind. <laughs> you know,
4: that's how and, I described it to Jeff is I think I saw yeah. the Jeepers Creepers thing. That's exactly yeah. what came to my mind. That that flat, yeah, that, yeah. that's exactly, that is, matter of fact, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> that is, that's a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that's how I described yeah, it. I it looked it, like the Jeepers uh, Creepers monster. Even the wings? Because the wings were. That's all more, I remember seeing okay. is wings. Or
2: the but you didn't see like legs or anything yeah, behind but, it.
4: N- n- no, I didn't. Um, but see, like, look, look here. This is what. How about when you see see this? Batman
3: flying? You know, you know. S-
4: not really. But yeah. So this is the only picture that comes kind of close to it. See how this wing is kind of scalloped? This is one of the Chicago ones.
2: See if I can bring it up. So does
3: it look I'm gonna see if I can bring it up for does it
2: looks something like that.
4: Let's see I, See, that see I don't really remember it. Is. But see, if you spread these out, maybe, but like this back edge, yeah, it would be I'm trying to think. And that was See, here is the, the real famous Mothman, and this is kind of what or the Chicago one. But see how this back edge, what I remember was more of a a scalloped edge, but this edge was flapping. But see this, there's no like body that you can see. So I'm looking up and all I can see is the what light is reflecting off the bottom. But I do remember it looking like that trailing edge was flapping as it was going over.
1: But much bigger than a bat cuz that kind of looks like a bat to me.
4: Much bigger. Yeah.
2: That almost looks like someone in a suit. Yeah, it looks like someone in a
4: wingsuit. Wingsuit, yeah.
2: Um which I would love to do. Let's
3: see I wish see, I there's had this different. There's this drawing. Because I know people want to see what we're talking about. There's
4: this drawing. This is what I can relate. It. This is what the wings kind of what I. They were scalloped like that. Hmm. Not like that bottom left one, but more of a. What what I would relate the Jeepers Creepers example to me is what I see in my mind, or like a vampire bat.
3: I'm trying to figure out which one because if I can find one that you're looking at, I can put it up here. Go to. to
4: I think it's on the Singular 14 website is the one that I pulled. I, I've got them in the notes, but I don't have them labeled here. There you go. See that one that's circled maybe? Is that it? That's like a moth. No, that's... Type in flying humanoid instead of mothman under images. But anyway, you know, it just changed my perspective. I'm not saying that that's that I definitely saw a flying humanoid but the experience that I had was unusual it was unique it was out of my comfort level with the data that I had and
2: well I think for me what found in, what I found interesting on the story one is I know I know you personally so I know you're not going to fabricate some kind of story like this but more importantly you were able to follow it up with other People experiencing some kind of wing creature around the same time,
1: right?
3: No, I see a
4: bunch of them. Like, there's a real flying humanoid in yeah. India, flying yeah, humanoid over in, Chile. Those in makes in South America and over there, those look different. Look at the one that's. I'm pretty sure it's on the Singular 4TN website. Yeah, those are more of the human shape deals. Um, look up. Chicago Mothman. I found it intriguing enough that, again, I tried to follow it up with, I checked EMF, I checked the environmental factors. I mean, I knew that I was under the high lines. Um, I'm in an RV park where there's 50-amp service run every eight feet wide. You know, there was 200-something slots in this park. But apparently there's there's a lot of sightings there, too. And that's, that's the part that gets me because... Again, I had never, that stuff never crossed my mind.
2: Yeah, and that, that that's why I asked you, you know, because we, had, I don't ever remember of even talking about. That's what I remember you asking such me. Such as Are,
4: you're, you're probably just tired, man. Yeah, that's
2: and, what was my first thought.
4: And, and, and I'm like, I, I just, it was something. You I, know, I mean, I saw something, whether or not my mind misconstrued it.
2: You, you know, for me, those of you out there that may not know me, I, uh, I am susceptible to high levels of EMF. I get nauseated in my stomach. I get really tired. Um, I do have hallucinations. Um, so could it be a combination of that? You're
4: tired? Well, see, and typically, my, in my experience, and I'm not saying that that's the only factor I would have. You know, sometimes people are allergic once, when they find out that they are, they've eaten something their yeah. whole life. Yeah. But typically, in my experience, my sensitivity to EMF results in, like, a sinus pressure headache. That's, okay. what, I, that's what I feel. Yeah. When I can tell when there's – like, if a storm's rolling in and you feel that energy coming, I kind of get that pressure in my forehead. If we go into a place that's got high EMF, that's kind of what I feel. Um, Again, I was, it did have high EMF. I was fatigued and tired. I mean, matter of fact, I had – I went to Tennessee. I moved in Tennessee. I came back. I went to Corpus. I came back. I went to Houston. Yeah. And I had been in Houston for days.
2: Well, and it's a lot of stress on your and, body. And, and
4: I'm, you know, I'm pulling my trailer. I'm just now arriving on site, so I have all these contacts to make. I've got all these things to do. I've got to get here. I'm learning a new area. I absolutely despise Houston traffic. I mean, yeah. that's that that stresses me out more anything when I work in the Houston area. And anyway. It was a. There, there was a lot going on, yeah. I, I, and I totally get that. The problem is, is I still have, I, I I understand those factors, but I still saw something,
1: and and I can see that. It's the other accounts that was reported, around the same time. Yeah, that's that's the little right. Check that extra little box well, there,
4: and, and not only that, but so. Some of the sites, even if they were in a different time, they describe the exact the dark gray, right, gargoyle looking wings. Um and it's two miles. And I and I did not I had never I, I love the Space Centers. I have been everywhere but Florida. I mean I've been to tuscaloosa Yeah, to up uh, tuscaloosa Huntsville. I've been to, you know, here. In Texas, I've, I've been to the ones, the, the smaller ones that are around that have this stuff. I absolutely love going to the space centers, and, and I've always been intrigued since I was a kid with it. Never, ever, ever heard that story, and then I have this experience. And I look it up, and guess what? They're having this experience. Yeah, but yeah. I also know that I also know how our government works. And yeah, is it some? I mean, is it a cover up for what they're really flying? You know, are they uh, well, Are they testing a new? I just
2: I just have one more question for you and I'm, and I'm done. You may have t- said this in your story. When you first saw it, how long was was it in the air visually that you could see from when you first saw it till it was gone?
4: It was pretty slow moving. Do I have sound? Yeah, you got sound. Something's messing up on my headphones. It was pretty slow moving. I'm going to say if I'm like Seven, eight seconds? Seven, eight seconds. Maybe up to 10. Because it, it went from, in my field division, maybe at like, say, 40 degrees, and then it kind of came into the light where I could tell that that's what it was, and then it crossed over, and as it kind of crossed down on the other side, it maybe say, 150 degrees.
2: So then it probably would have had to have flapped its wings pretty close before you saw it, because of a creature of that size. I mean, I understand, I understand flight and all of that, right. how it works, that they could glide for a little while.
4: Well, and again, I thought it was a flock of geese or something when I first saw it. So it, it was in the light where I couldn't see it. It was behind the street fixture. Yeah. So I I can see that there's something there. So maybe, it, could, I don't know, maybe it But isn't. could
2: have it been a couple birds kind of separated enough that their wings made it look like that? I
4: Honestly, that was... Again, that was my initial impression, but as it flew more directly, it was never directly overhead of me. It flew from my right to my left and I want to say, if you held, I don't know how to describe it. it it was in front of me, from my right to my left, but it wasn't maybe 50 yards in front of me. yeah um and it, there was a couple of times when the street lights from the intersection, I, I, like, is it that one up there in the corner? No. No, it doesn't look like no. that at all. I I don't think so, no. To me, that looks like, I think that's the one that may have been determined as to be a hoax. I mean, the wing kind of shape on this one, but if you turned it around, so it looks like, does that make sense? Like, if you chopped off the legs and turned the picture around flying the other way, that's what it kind of looked like, that shape talking about the one that's in that corner up there. Yeah, this one, if you took, so this one up here.
3: Right. You're you're pointing at the right, yeah.
4: If you took the legs off of it and then turned that, because uh, right now it looks like it's flying with the wings cutting forward. Right, right. What I saw, the wings were, they were kind of pointed on the front and then scalloped on the back edge and kind of almost. I won't say tattered because I couldn't see that much detail, but they were almost like—I I don't know.
2: So it—it it couldn't have been something like a pelican. I mean, you were close to the water, right?
4: Uh, man, and I grew up in Pensacola.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say yeah, pelicans I, can get really big. Yeah. I had grown up in Florida.
4: I—I I, I don't. Yeah. Okay. I—I don't.
2: That's fine. I'm—I'm I'm just trying to. I,
4: I don't. I don't think if I misidentified it, it was. Some sort of tech. Yeah. I don't think it was any bird. Okay. I, it was bigger than that. Yeah, okay. I, I I do have a good estimate on size. Yeah, more like the back edge of that, but not as pointy on the front. It's like you turn the wings around backwards on that one, Rob. Does that make sense? It's like the wings are pointed in the wrong Oh. oh. The um anyway, I you know, I don't misidentify it as an animal. Yeah. If it was anything that I misidentified, it was tech, it was... But why would... It's not like a glider or something that some person right. was flying underneath the high line. Sure. And you sure. know if it was a drone, we all know if you're... Unless... I mean, you could be using illegal software and stuff like that. But if it's any commercial available drone, you're not going under those high Because when you get close to it, it's going to set yeah. you down. Yeah, it sure will. Uh, I mean, it's, gonna, it's shutting you off. And I know that it flew between the posts under the wires. It was, and it was right there. Anyway, again, I, I don't know what it was, but I just what I the main thing I wanted to portray in the in the episode was that that I saw that, and then I looked up days later. I looked up and found. Matter of fact, I think I texted you back. I heard it on a podcast. Yeah, you did. And I'm like, what? So then I went looking. And that's where I heard... I was actually listening to a podcast about Jack Parsons, and that's where I heard it. And then I went, and I'm like, son of a gun. And that's where I looked it up and, and found that. But anyway, I think uh, I think that's probably about it. Does anybody have any other comments?
2: No, I don't. I, I think it was very interesting to... to uh learn a little bit about all of this and then hear your experience because uh, like I said I, I was like you and and I still really don't know what to think about the whole mothman creature and all of that um, is it just something that you know one person starts and the story goes and, goes and goes and goes and goes and all of a sudden it becomes reality you know I I don't know yeah I've never experienced it I don't know like you said. I don't know anybody that's had a personal experience with a wing creature other than yourself, um, so I, I, I really don't know. But I would say that if you guys have any personal stories out there, it would be really interesting to hear those stories.
4: Yeah, I would absolutely love if you if you've had a if you've had a Mothman wing creature flying. I would absolutely love to hear your story. I uh, I I still deb- I debated for days when leading up to this to even tell that story again because I just I have a problem with the credibility part of it. Um, I know that sounds odd and maybe a little conceited of me, but I thought, you know what, what the heck? If, if I can't tell my story in, in my position, then nobody else is going to tell their story. So Exactly. I uh, And I can't discount it. I mean, we can go to a place and somebody tells me they saw a figure come out of the closet, and I believe that, so I can't discount it. Right, um, you know, I would like to it makes me want to do some more there's a, there was actually a lot of sightings that happened in like rural midwest places. I would love to go do a road trip just to yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I were driving down a road and something swooped down on my car' cause <laughs> I had a duck do that to me one time, and it freaked me out so. <laughs> um anyway i uh I enjoyed reading about it i I think that the Chicago stuff is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, something going on there whether it be I i almost think it's like Tulpa related I mean the more the stories are starting to get out there now the more people are seeing them the more it's right. going it's kind of hard for me to think that it's some sort of when I say cryptid I mean just an unidentified animal right? in a populated area like Chicago proper because this is like downtown on buildings and skyscrapers it's almost like a gargoyle is it something somebody like I'm not saying he in particular but somebody like Jack Parsons maybe opened something that created something I mean you know we we believe in the supernatural then why can't we believe that somebody yeah opened something they shouldn't have yeah um I don't know I, I just think that there's something going on in Chicago there is a real phenomena going on in Chicago if you don't know about it and you you mm-hmm. need to check out phantoms and monsters or the singular 14 I'll have the all these show notes in there but they are uh it's it's definitely a phenomena that needs to be kept an eye on okay Alrighty, i'm looking forward to next weekend yeah Some i'm excited
2: i'm excited cold yeah but i i, I, I think, think the
4: weather's uh, supposed to be like 54 and 32
2: but yeah. i it'll be fun to get out there and and uh, stomp around the woods a little bit
4: and that's good camping
3: have you. a good time
4: you can sleep at night
3: we're gonna try and you know uh do anything live out there
4: um it's a pretty weak signal okay we can try.
3: We can try, but I had, yeah. I Not
4: check on social media. We might try to post some stuff up. But.
3: Maybe a couple pictures, but if,
4: well, uh, I
3: was thinking maybe we could use a hotspot out there, but. I the don't same know. as our cell phones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I did learn that each one of us is probably going to have some sort of GoPro on us. Yep. Nice. Because you got yours. I've got mine, yes. You have one. I'm going to order one, so. Nice. I can
4: let Jeremy use Daniel's. Okay, Jeremy's taking night vision, real stuff.
3: Like We're gonna have night vision out there this oh time.
4: Yeah. High end stuff.
3: Not your, not the. What about thermal? We got any thermal?
4: Well, that's what he's got. Real thermal.
3: Oh, it's not the night vision. It's yeah. thermal imaging.
4: And I mean, of course, I've got my my stuff. But well, that's, yeah. That's a, I can't afford that ten grand stuff. So yeah. I uh. Yeah, I'm a little excited. We've got, hopefully, we find another track or something. Maybe we can find a trackway or something. We get some good cast. We got better equipment. When I went before, we uh, only had my little sample kit in my go bag. So,
3: And we have plenty of uh, cast mix.
4: Yeah, that's what I mean. We got plenty oh, of Oh, we stuff got now. plenty of that stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we bought money. it for the last time, didn't
3: use it. We got like, what, 10 pounds?
4: Oh, I think at least. Yeah. <laughs> it fills up an entire backpack. Yeah, it did.
2: And uh, for those that are listening, our next show, we're looking at doing the Hawaiian folklore.
4: Hawaiian
3: folklore, but I think I want to change it into island folklore. Okay, all because right. Because I have a student that's from Guam, and I I just asked him, I was like, hey, do you, yeah. do you guys have any legends or folklore? And he's like, what are you talking about, Ms. Worth? I was like, you know, just legends out there. And he's like yeah and he started telling me about some of he's, well, yeah. he's I'm writing them down I'm like oh that that's good really oh, I'm just writing them down nice. so, so well, you know
4: that's the area that you know the whole Polynesia area is where the Hawaiian settlers were said to come from so
3: that's what I want to see I want to see if there's any yeah, there's correlation kind of, yeah. between them or if they did the island hopping kind of like yeah. the telephone game yeah. yeah I guess that's my new thing when it comes to folklore yeah I Our hear telephone that telephone game now yeah <laughs> yeah.
4: And if we don't, we want to push that Hawaiian one live on all our platforms. That's I do. I so do. we're And we're trying to get some remotes. We're trying to go full on that one. But we may do a little excerpt from what we do next weekend. Okay. okay. We've got some stories if we get that out first. But the Hawaiian one is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: got a whole but with,
3: with that one, what you're talking about, what I want to do is kind of like what you were talking about, kind of like have an episode of it. To where we're almost always filming, yeah, and we can just throw together stuff and I don't know. I, yeah, ever since I started messing with that uh, Adobe Premiere Pro, I, I'm yeah. like, oh man, yeah, that's a great <laughs> the, program. The things I can do, I yep. mean we that, that that little thing I put up for that for the Priya uh, video, yeah, having the stuff in the background, I looked and oh, that that was easy. That was easy. And then next next time we're gonna have an intro video intro guaranteed because i'm halfway done with that one good
2: deal you know we were talking about that uh prior video that we did Mm -hmm. um that was for the group in australia yeah did we know if uh they were involved in any of that fire the wildfire that's going on over there i
4: didn't ask him i talked to him we may want to we may want to look into that i know i think most of the fire they got a bunch of rain the other day yeah and uh i think that they put out like i think i saw something like 40 percent of the remaining fires this last oh that's November. good that's good, that's yeah. good. Uh, yeah thank goodness i you know that's i was telling the guys at Prairie, that's my dream vacation yeah oh australia. me too i i would you know that's where overlanding yeah came from oh so yeah I'm, I'm i would love to do a yeah. cross continent tour yeah shoot i think i would just love to go to australia
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just take a visit out there you know, I'm looking at our video, and it's, it's looking pretty good. It really is. But um, we did not plan to go blue shirt, black shirt. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking at the video. I'm like, okay, there's two blue, two
4: blue. Okay, cool. <laughs> I um, Again, I want to ask you guys, I'm really wanting to put together some of our listener stories this year, especially getting up. Again, we're a long ways away, but, of course, all of us that look forward to Halloween, I want to start getting some of that. If you have... Any stories? It doesn't have to be Halloween related, but any paranormal stories, ghost stories, flying cryptid stories, UFO stories. Please share those with us. Send those to us. Um, I want to try to collect some of that. Um, if you don't want to talk on the air, you can um, you can tell us a story. We'll relay it. We'll keep you anonymous. Um, I just like to I'd like to get some of your guys' intake on some things.
2: Well, and and two, if you guys have any photos or any videos, maybe that you'd want us to take a look at and. And see, get our take on it. Yeah. And send those to us as well.
3: And we now have the capability to put it up here so everyone can see.
2: Sure. Yeah. So, well, I'd like to say thanks for uh, listening to us. And uh, this year's going to be a very exciting year. Yes, it is. We're getting pretty close to our anniversary again. Yes. And, and we're around years. the
3: corner. Yeah. And we said we're going to do a get together, right? That's correct. Okay, good. That's good. correct. Be nice if some of the old members can come. Yeah.
2: Too. Yeah so hey uh, you can find us on uh, facebook
1: instagram
3: twitter <laughs>
4: <laughs> you can find us on our website at www.militaryparanormal.com uh
3: you'll find us on podbean we're, we're, okay. we'll put this episode on podbean and uh, now all the other platforms twitch uh youtube YouTube, uh, Facebook, they said, is not really working well, but you can find us on there. Um, but uh, some streaming platforms. If you know of any other streaming platforms, uh, let us know. We'll get out there. Like I said, we're on Twitch. We're on Mixer now. And um, D Live. we're on that one as well.
4: righty And you All can right. always call us at 940-437-4MPI or email us at podcast at mm-hmm. All
2: right. Well, You guys have a good evening, and we'll talk to you later.
0: Good night. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to the MPI Paranormal Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Military Paranormal Investigations. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Don't forget to connect with us on Podbean, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, the truth is to be found.